From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Upstate Medical University was the first SUNY campus to go smoke-free back in 2005, and today it remains smoke-free and tobacco-free. Here to talk about that policy and a new way of helping people stick to it is Teresa Hankin. She's a respiratory therapist and Mayo Clinic certified tobacco treatment specialist and the smoking cessation education coordinator at Upstate. Welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So tell us about this new initiative. I'm very excited about this new initiative um, that Upstate is undertaking for a three-month pilot. It's called Clear the Air Comfort Kits, and it is two four-milligram nicotine replacement um, lozenges that uh, any of our visitors can use while on campus because there's just there's no place that you can smoke or vape that's using an electronic cigarette while you're a visitor at any upstate location. So these this is mostly for families and friends of people who are hospitalized. Yes, that's right. correct. 18 years or older. Okay. So um, how is this going to work? How does someone um, obtain this comfort kit? Mm-hmm. So there are two ways. One is that if you're seen using tobacco on campus, one of our university police um, members or we have a tobacco-free task force member, we'll give them a card that gives them information as to where they can go pick up one of these comfort kits, as well as if uh, visitors here at Upstate ask, you know, is there some place that I can go smoke on campus? An example being, you know, if we have a visitor in one of our um, emergency rooms with a family member and, you know, they didn't know they were going to be there and they're stressed and uncomfortable, we want them to be comfortable while they're here, but we also want them to understand the message that there's no place that they can use tobacco. So um, because of that, if someone asks, we will direct them to where they can pick up a comfort kit while they're here. So there's nowhere on campus indoors or out for smoking, right? That That is correct. So. Now, you mentioned um, it's a, a pilot project. Is that how the hospital is able to make these available? And tell me more about that project. So we have a tobacco-free task force, which is um, very active here on campus. And we had the idea that this is something that we would like to do. And the first thing we had to do, of course, was get was go through administration. Administration was extremely supportive, as they always are. With Upstate, we're definitely on the forefront of tobacco treatment and control in every way. An example of that is in the Cancer Center, where we have a full-circle program that helps our patients there, as well as their family members, become tobacco-free when they're ready. Um, they were very supportive, and we just got the ball rolling. Um, I think the stars aligned, and it was a, a perfect time for us. Um, we got the funding, and we're doing a pilot just so that we can, after that period of time, revisit it, what works, what didn't work. So it makes total sense being a healthcare institution, you know, for Upstate to be um, behind a tobacco and smoke-free policy commitment. Um, are there other reasons um, that Upstate would want to embark on this? Um, it, it, clear the air, it's called. Um, is that an allusion to not wanting people to have to walk through clouds of smoke? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm glad that you mentioned that. We literally want to clear the air. It's, it's really important for all our visitors to have a healthy environment, and we know that secondhand smoke is hazardous and does have harms. We don't want our visitors walking from building to building on our very large campus in clouds of smoke, whether it's from visitors or employees. So we work 
diligently to help our employees as well as visitors and patients um, be comfortable, get nicotine replacement, get what they need so that they're not having cravings and urges to smoke while they're here. And this would cut down on cigarette butts as well, right? So we all know that the cigarette butts are just just a huge environmental issue. The filters in, in cigarettes actually do not break down. They last for a long time. They end up in waterways. They pollute our waterways as well as just make our campus look dirty. You know, so the tobacco-free task force is always working towards that, always trying to to clean up the environment. So uh, the campus is in its thirteen year, thirteenth year of being smoke-free. Um, how has how's that worked out in the for the thirteen years? How has that how's it been received and? So in, in 2017, we did an American Cancer Society survey um, for our employees, and our smoking rate is down to 4%. Huge drop from our initial um, initiative in becoming tobacco-free in um, 2005. We have a program that helps our employees, as well as a grant for family members that are eligible and on uh, the employee's insurance to get them free medication to help them quit, as well as free counseling. So that seems pretty striking. Say that again. From in 2017, you did a survey, and only four percent of employees are smokers now. That's what the survey showed. Wow. Yes. What yes. was it before? Uh, I want to say ten percent. Okay. So it's a significant. significant it's a significant drop. Um, we see that on campus, and and it's ongoing that we're here for you know new employees, people that come, and people that struggle, and maybe have tried to quit many times and are still struggling. So, our program is full circle. It starts with getting you the medication that you need to keep you comfortable, as well as uh, support and counseling with the tobacco treatment specialist as you're quitting, and a relapse prevention plan that helps you stay tobacco free. Neat. All right, let, let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith. I'm talking with Teresa Hankin. She's a respiratory therapist and certified tobacco treatment specialist about renewed efforts at Upstate to help people quit smoking. Um, one thing I've always wondered about is when someone who's a smoker gets admitted to the hospital, they're not allowed to smoke, obviously, um, but it seems like it would be tortuous to make them choose now is the time to quit smoking when they've got, you know, medical issues they're dealing with. Do they automatically get nicotine replacement? Do you know? So again, Upstate is on the forefront with this. We have all smoking medications on formulary, um, except the nicotine uh, nasal spray. So everything that someone would need, let's say they came into the hospital for surgery, and they were on Chantix, and they needed to continue their Chantix. Or let's say, it's you know, it's all about comfort. So we don't expect that when someone comes into the hospital, they're just going to say, well, that's it, I quit. But our job then is to keep them comfortable while they're here. So uh, they have a bedside consult with a respiratory therapist who will then direct them and the provider as to what they feel that that patient needs to keep them comfortable while they're here. Do you ever see um, the hospital stay being the beginning of them quitting? If you, if a smoker comes in, does that is that ever sort of the beginning of them saying that they want to? It can always be a wonderful jump start. And part of our dream with this program, with our new retail pharmacy that's opening in May, is that with time we will have follow-up 
let's say someone comes in and um, uses some of these lozenges and speaks with a pharmacist and gets some help with quitting that, you know, they try the lozenges and they think, oh, that really did work. You know, maybe I could try to quit. So they go to the pharmacist for some advice and some help with that. And and in the future, part of our um, long distance goal is to have some sort of follow up for patients and visitors that do use our uh, clear the air comfort kits. Neat. Um, some people have suggested that electronic cigarettes can be used to help smokers transition off of cigarettes. Have you um, seen that work, or do you have any experience with that? I have a lot of experience with that, and I haven't seen it work. I see a lot of dual using. I see that people go in with the best intentions, spend a lot of money for these products, um, begin uh, vaping with this water vapor, and uh, doesn't help them quit. It doesn't help them become smoke-free. It's very rare that I see someone that has quit with vaping. Uh, is there harm reduction? Yes, there's harm reduction, but the research is showing every day there's more and more research that comes out that shows that there's cancer-causing chemicals in the water vapor. There's heavy metals. There's... Um, irritants are very irritating to the lung. Uh, What I hear the most from my patients is that they say, you know, I tried that vaping and I couldn't stop coughing. I had to go to the emergency room. I had an asthma attack and I've never had wheezing or asthma before. So it's, it's not regulated. There's no proof that it helps people quit. But we do have all these wonderful methods that we know that do help people quit. Uh, seven FDA-approved medications used in combinations that are very effective along with counseling and support. And I think one of the main things I'd like to share today is that one of the studies showed that someone is three times as likely to quit but stay quit if they have counseling and support. So whether it's a tobacco treatment specialist, our free smoking cessation classes at Oasis, um, the New York State Smokers Quit Line, that type of support and help along with the medication increases your chances of staying quit, and that's someone's ultimate goal. What's the best way for someone listening to this who's interested in getting connected to those services you mentioned? Is there a phone number or or a website to Mm -hmm. sort of set them on the right path? So if you go to Upstate's um, Smoke Free website, which there, that will be um, listed as a resource on the card that someone receives when they get the comfort kit. There is um, a contact for the free smoking cessation classes that we have at Oasis, which is free to the community at large, as well as a link to our website, which will give them more information to get them going. Okay. And you mentioned there's seven um, FDA-approved medications. You mentioned counseling and support. Um, what... Does cold turkey work for anyone just to quit cold turkey? There always are some people that can quit cold turkey. Research shows that most people that quit cold turkey can't stay smoke-free. And it does happen sometimes, and that's wonderful. You know, it's it's what that person's ultimate goal is that they want to live a tobacco-free life. Um, but we always start with support. We're supporting people where they are. If someone said to me, if I was working with a patient in the cancer center, and they said, you know what, I just want to try this cold turkey, then what I would say to them is, that's wonderful, you know, and we're here for support. And if you have questions, or if you have concerns, or you want to talk about a relapse prevention plan, and how to stay smoke-free forever, I can help you with that. But it's all about comfort, because, you know, tobacco use is a nic- it's an addiction. It's an addiction to the chemical nicotine. And as your body withdraws off that chemical there's discomfort. 
if you're on the right treatment plan with the right medications and the right combination and dosage that works for you, my patients really don't have withdrawal symptoms and they're not uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, they tell me on a weekly basis, this is much easier than I thought it would be. So those seven uh, FDA-approved medications, are they all nicotine replacement or are they all designed to sort of help with the symptoms of getting off cigarettes? Mm -hmm. So um, there are two uh, pills that you can take. There's Welbutrin and there's Chantix. And there are also, there's nicotine patches in 21, 14, or 7 milligrams. There's nicotine lozenges or gum in, in two or four milligrams. There's the nicotine inhaler and there's nicotine nasal spray. The inhaler and nasal spray are not common knowledge. A lot of people don't know about that. And they are a wonderful uh, method to help people quit. Now, in terms of the, the vapors out there, the people that are you know, using the electronic cigarettes, are you seeing people who are you know, wanting to quit vaping? And do these same strategies work for that as, as well as with regular cigarettes? That's a really good question. So we don't have research out on that yet. It's, it's beginning. But when, when someone comes to me and they do, you know, say, I, I really have to come off this vaping. And if they dual use, they want to come off of both because we know that there are uh, carcinogens in the water vapor. So when I work with my patients at the cancer center, we know there's an education piece there. We talk about what is what is harmful to them with the vaping and the inflammation in their airways. So um, I would I start with just keeping them comfortable. So you're right. You would start. Um, we don't. It's not regulated, so we don't know exactly how much nicotine is in the electronic cigarette that they might be using. But it gives us a a starting point. Because you so, want to replace that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so again, keep them comfortable as they're coming down off nicotine. And that does work well. We have a lot of success with that with our patients that are ready to come off vaping as well. It seems to me vaping um, might even be more addictive. It just seems like it's easier to vape than to, you know, find a, a lighter, find a place to smoke. You know, people are vaping indoors and, and sort of things. So. Mm-hmm. So, and part of that problem with the vaping is that a tobacco user will go to vaping thinking, well, I can use it anywhere. I can sit in the restaurant. I can be at Upstate, you know, while I'm sitting in the emergency room with my loved one. But you can't. And that is becoming more and more the policy here in Onondaga County. Because we know, again, it's back to that Clear the Air initiative. Uh, it, it harms other people. There, there are studies where someone, uh, a loved one, could be vaping in the living room. Someone walk in and have an asthma attack and have to go to the ER. It's an irritant. You know, anything that's not meant to be in your lungs, your lung tissue tries to fight off, and, and your cells become very inflamed, and that can lead to many problems, as, as we're seeing going forward. We've got a lot of years to get research out on this, but it, it is common sense that people have to realize that anything that you're inhaling deeply into your lungs that's not meant to be there is not good for you. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate the information. My guest has been uh, Teresa Hankin. She's a respiratory therapist and tobacco treatment specialist at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.